0: Everybody. welcome to another episode of the Bookmore Show. I think we're up to episode number 22 now, so we're getting quite a nice back catalogue of episodes and we're getting quite a lot of feedback from people as well, saying that they've listened to the shows and there's a, a nice mix of the questions being answered for people in a couple of more detailed shows. So we're going to carry on that trend on the slightly more detailed ones this time and dive into an issue that's uh, come up a couple of times recently and it's it's been a question that we've had right from the start. So we're going to talk about people wanting to reuse existing content in order to get their book published. So we've got some tricks, tips, pointers, and some uh, some best practice advice for how to make the most of that or some things to avoid. So pleasure as always, or well not as always, but a pleasure this week to be joined by Betsy again. Betsy, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. It's good to be here as always, as always.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> So, we're going to dive Thanks, into... Awesome.
1: Yeah, we get asked this a lot, so I'm excited to to maybe put some information out there um, to some people who are thinking about doing a book with us, or a book in general. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's surprising, isn't it? You tend to get kind of completely unrelated people coming through with similar questions. It's uh, I guess it's the definition of coincidence that things happen that are unusual, but definitely had a little bit of a spate of these recently. And it does seem yeah. to to be that thing that comes up almost uh, once a quarter or so someone will will come asking so this week we're going to talk about reuse recycle reduce or a, a variation of that uh that campaign so we're gonna tweak it slightly into recycle reuse record for the uh for the purpose of the book
1: fantastic well let's dive right in um if you want ready.
0: Perfect. Let's go. I've got uh, coffee by the side of me, so my voice should hold out for the 30 minutes or so.
1: Fantastic. Why might people want to recycle a podcast or webinar or um, maybe a presentation they did from the stage for their book versus something they recorded versus recording all starting from the very beginning? Why would um, someone want to do that?
0: So I think it's people think it's the easier option because quite often we'll hear that people have got something that was re- well received in another medium. And then the idea of simply being able to reuse it and repurpose it, recycle that exact content. I think it's very appealing to people thinking it's the fastest thing to do. So we've got a a bit of a uh, a first for the book more so we're actually trying to work off an outline here to keep some structure to it so I'm going to try my best not to dive through our outlined questions and uh, <laughs> and cover everything all at once but uh, it's obviously a little bit um, cyclical as we go through it but I think there's that that's the main reason I see for people coming back and saying I've got something already that I can already reuse so the
1: mm-hmm.
0: benefits and we were talking about this just before we recorded. It's difficult to think of the exact benefits that people think they're getting by doing it that way. Time, I think, is the most obvious one. People think it's quicker. The only other benefit I can think is that whatever they're talking about re- recycling is was very well received, and they got a lot of good feedback. But I think the problem is that people don't necessarily consider that it was. Good feedback, or it was well received within the context that it was being used. So I think that context element is really the the difference between something that's fantastically received and something that is less well received because it's not quite hitting the mark. I think re-recording, which is always the suggestion that we make, the benefit there is that it's a hundred percent on message. And it's been recorded with a specific purpose in mind and we'll we'll cycle back around to that a little bit later on. But I think the main thing that people think they're getting is the benefit of speed. Now, of course, people that listened to the show before, people have listened to the, the way that we suggest people write a book is to do an outline and then record it and have the recording transcribed and then edit and produce from there. So actually the overhead of doing something new. It's not like we're suggesting people go away for six months and and write a whole new book where they might have something on the shelf that is almost fit for purpose. It's that we're suggesting doing something absolutely fit for purpose that's designed for a particular purpose and doing that in a way that's actually probably quicker than doing anything else anyway. When you look at the overhead of then having to edit and tweak and fix and, and fill in the gaps. So that's the impression that I get the number of people I talk to. Obviously, yourself and Susan talk to more people in the early stages and people who often say, I've got something that I want to recycle. Is that a, a similar feel that you get people coming in with the reason they want to do it is, is perhaps speed or they just think it's the, a smaller piece of work to do?
1: Absolutely. I think it's, um, you know, people are, we're all stressed for time and so strapped for time. And so um, I think, it's, you know, oh, I have this, I've got these recordings, these four hours of podcast or this presentation I did, you know, for such and such group. And I'm just going to send it over to you and We'll just use that. And while they, it probably is a great presentation or, you know, a great podcast or, or whatever it is that they've used, they're, they're not thinking about the um, so like from the stage, for example, as we spoke about this earlier, you know about maybe pointing out people or you know the hand gestures that sometimes go along with things, you know, with the conversation. And um, so it's probably not um, as 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 great of a tool to use, you know, as as they probably are envisioning. Um, but we've done yeah. it, and we've done some that are um, we've done it. <laughs> we've done it. it. It tends to be a little <laughs> bit more work, but um, it can you. Know,
0: It can be done. And I think we'll get into as we, um, a little bit later on, we'll get into when it's worked and when it hasn't worked. Uh I think from uh that recycling point of view, so again, we've got recycle, reuse, and record. And the difference between recycle and reuse, in my mind, is recycling, you're just looking at using the exact same thing again whereas reusing it's utilizing the same thing in a slightly different way so as far as recycling goes so you mentioned there people were talking about using a presentation they've done from stage i think some of the other things we've seen is people using a collection of blog posts or some written material webinars is a third one so speaking from stage blog post type material and webinars tend to be the same thing so there is a compelling argument for reusing that content i think but just recycling it really it comes down to it's more problematic than you think because the intent is different so i think going into creating those assets in the first place whatever those first things were that you created the reason that you did that in the webinar and the presentation from stage point of view More often than not, it's in a sales type environment. So you're looking at closing some people in a room or from a webinar, the call to action being actually to make the sale, because quite often those things are later in the funnel. So if we tie it back to the eight profit activators and profit activator number two being to identify invisible prospects, well, in both of those environments, the invisible prospects are already identified because they're in the room or they're on the webinar. So quite often it's it's they're created in the context of profit activator number three, educate and motivate people towards making a decision. So the one of the negatives against just recycling some content is the intent is different. So the language is different, the approach is different, the structure of it is different. In those live environments or those um, those other environments, it's towards making a close rather than being the first step in the conversation and identifying invisible prospects and and beginning the conversation and then leading people to the next stage which educate and motivate i think you hit the nail on the head talking about a couple of the other problems around the little language differences where if you're speaking to a set of slides speaking to something that's visually in front of people speaking to an audience that's in the room, you can't help but avoid using language, which is relevant to that situation. And then once that's transcribed and written into a, into a book, into a document, it's very difficult, um, or not very difficult, I guess, but very time consuming to go through and correct all of those things. Whereas if it's recorded knowing that it's gonna to be to a blind audience, then the way that you speak is slightly different and you don't use those examples Worst case being, as, as you mentioned, sort of turning and pointing to something behind you that obviously doesn't exist in the book. So, again, I think looking at that speed element, if you're comparing it to six months of writing to create a book, then recycling something that you've already used is probably quicker. But again, that's not what we're talking about. We're comparing it to the fastest process of writing a book, the fastest process of writing something that will. Lead towards, um, lead towards something that you can reuse. So that's maybe a good time to move on to the reuse category, which right, is right. Uh, talking about using the assets, leveraging the assets that you've made, but using them in slightly different context. I can't think on the recycle front, I can't think of another example other than that people have come to us with. So it's either a, a webinar, a live stage speech um, presentation or some pre written material and the only example that i can think of is blog posts can you think of another example
1: no i think um the blog post was one i was just thinking about because we had one recently with the blog post that um when when the writer was posting this blog. It was strictly for a friends and family kind of thing. You know, in her mind, like putting it all together, she thought, oh, these are good enough. But when she actually saw it, she wasn't happy with it, you know. So it was great for that moment um, of updating her family while she was in a different place and, and couldn't get them. So, um, but the the blog, and you wouldn't think that writing something, you know, because we're looking at two versions of writing, would be um, as difficult it was. When she saw it, she was very surprised by it how it it was very it was choppy it was you know um when you're writing to your friends and family you know you're you're not necessarily using you know structured sentences and yeah. um and her yeah. original plan was to use, just to use as exactly like that. But when, when she saw it, she was like, whoa, wait a minute, this is a book. And it was completely, you know, it took her by surprise. So, and, and it's context
0: again, isn't it? I think even, as you say, with the the written words. So in the reuse section, that we'll get onto in a minute. I think we can talk about some ways that that could have been handled better. But I think as far as recycle goes, I think that's the, the least... Um, that's the last suggestion that we would make to someone is that something that you've done in a different context is perfectly fine for this context. And doing it that way is quicker than anything else you could do. I think the reuse option is going to be faster and allows you to leverage what you've already done in a way that kind of compels and engages more people um, rather than just trying to reuse it directly. It's so, it's so surprising, I mean, coming to this as a marketing tool, coming to it from knowing what the job of work is, so thinking about the language in terms of the outcome, it doesn't take much for it to sound off. It doesn't take much for it to hit, to miss the mark, rather. The More Cheese Less Whiskers podcast that, uh, that Dean runs, the whole premise around that, the Cheese and Whiskers premises, it's, it's a very small step between being very cheese focused very um, offering someone something with no commercial intent and then as soon as you start revealing those whiskers as soon as that commercial intent starts coming through it's very quick and easy to see and the same with writing it's easy to see if something isn't um, isn't necessarily congruent with the the context in which it's positioned it's easy to tell if it's been repurposed and that is um that's unnecessary, uh, because reuse is, is the better option.
1: Right, absolutely, absolutely. Should we tackle, a- I had a question, something you just said, and it completely lost my mind. Um...
0: <laughs> well, let me move on to reuse, and then I'm yeah. sure as soon as I start talking, it will it will jump uh, back into mind. so we can always uh, circle back. So the difference then between recycle and reuse, recycle just using exactly what you've already used under the with the hope that it will be quicker and it will be good enough to use reuse is then more looking at okay we've got these assets, so how can we use them in a way that leverages both what you've already got and what you can now create in order to make it a bigger thing than the the individual parts? so you might well have a whole load of blog posts that you've written in the past. you might have a presentation or webinar that's had high conversion rates, so what can you do to Boost that to leverage that to add a book to the to the funnel to the process and really make the whole thing work a lot more effectively than if um, than, than just recycling. So I think one of the main things is that it allows you to add perceived value. We talked on a couple of previous shows about this concept of follow up in the funnel and how you engage with people after they've opted in and what you can do to add value to that funnel without adding a lot of overhead and effort. So a lot of times I think people think about the book writing process and particularly if they haven't been exposed to the 9 minute book process that's always a, a big job of work that people are taking on or considering taking on. Adding then a funnel onto the back end and suggesting to people that they have a structured way of engaging with people, of following up with people, there's always a risk that that just sounds like you're adding on more work and more work and if you had all of the time in the world, it would be fine, but everyone's time constrained and creating all of these additional things are are a headache and an overhead. So if you can find a way to leverage some of the things that you've already got, then that allows you to get the leverage and the the benefit of having a funnel ready to follow up with people after they've identified themselves. So again, circling back to the eight profit activators, profit activator number two, identifying invisible leads, which is what the books are very, very good at. And then profit activator number three is educate and motivate. And thinking of those two things as something completely separate or independent bits of the puzzle really allows you to understand that the book's Job of work is to get people to raise their hand and identify themselves and then follow up with them afterwards. You're not trying to convince people to take an action in the book itself. So, leveraging some of the other assets that you've already got, leveraging the podcast or the presentation or the webinar, leveraging those as follow up items is a great way to reuse what you've already got reuse all of that work that you've already done but in a way that adds to it not not instead of
1: right very good
0: so the other thing that it gives you the opportunity to do in reusing an existing piece of content is to create kind of multiple entry points into a funnel so depending on what thing you're looking at reusing depending on how broad that is there's quite possibly two or three ways that someone could get to that same content in a way that made sense. So the recycle option would be just to get it transcribed and reuse that as one entry point. But the reuse option allows you to record something new that leads to that asset. And because you're recording something new, it allows you to tailor that specifically to... um, to the audience that you're trying to engage with so quite often like from a presentation from stage let's say it's a 30 40 hour long presentation you're probably going to cover five or six specific points in that those five or six specific points you could break those down into five or six different follow-up items so rather than just re-recording the whole thing and turning that into one book that does one job of work and um, this concept that we talked about a couple of times before about breadth rather than depth so there's always a risk that people try and go too broad and almost demonstrate how much they know rather than answering one particular question comprehensively and adding depth to it and starting a relationship with someone by answering that that one question completely and then leading on to other things. So in a broad presentation that you're perhaps trying to reuse, breaking that down into several different ways means that there's several different elements, several different points of value that you can share with people afterwards and several different entry points in. So if the subject was something like, I'm just looking at a flyer on my desk here for the local cycling club. So a talk that you gave to a cycling um Workshop might cover things like clothing, training, diet, and nutrition, maintenance. From a presentation, it would make sense to cover those elements because it's that's the context in which you're delivering it. Writing a book just based on those four elements again, not that I mean, there's no right or wrong answer, there's definitely scenarios where it might be the way of going, but instead, we're suggesting. Create one book that talks about maintenance, another book that talks about clothing, another book that talks about training, and each of those go deep answering the questions and then lead back to that asset that you're trying to reuse, lead back to that as a way of adding on the value and building up the funnel. So that's three or four different entry points to the same piece of content recorded in Potentially, it would take you four or five hours to get all of that recorded, when in reality, by the time you've edited the presentation, edited the thing you're trying to recycle, then it would take probably not far off that amount of time anyway. And in the reuse example, you've got four funnels out there, four assets engaging four different groups of people that might not necessarily, although they're all related, they might not necessarily... Each person might not resonate to the whole, whereas each person might resonate to one individual piece of the puzzle. So again, it's just a way of looking at it slightly more strategically, rather than saying I should do something, I've got something, this is the quick and dirty way of getting it done, it will be fine. Think about it a little bit more strategically, add a little bit more time to it, but not an excessive amount of time to it. Make sure that it's fit for purpose in the first place, and then you've got multiple funnels serving multiple audiences without the same overhead or without a kind of multiple of the overhead of time you'd have to put in to create all of those things uh, independently or to try and get the same amount of coverage, the same amount of engagement if you were just trying to recycle the one individual piece. Okay,
1: good. Okay, talk about. let's talk about um, the many ways that you can reuse content.
0: I think that's a great point as well, because kind of building on that, people think it's difficult to then or more time consuming to, um, to get these follow up funnels in place. We've already said that someone wants to reuse the great thing that we've got. And we're definitely not saying that what you've got isn't great, but being able to reuse it in a way that's easy and effective and engaging really is this kind of multiplier for the funnel that you're trying to create. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's a good point as well, that what you're trying to create is a funnel. The book is almost irrelevant to the funnel. The book, where we are at the moment, is um, there's some authority that goes with the book. Publishing is still seen as a platform that's inaccessible to people. There's a certain amount of cachet or credibility that goes along with writing. So all of these things that, add an extra, make the boat go faster, they add a bit more bang to the funnel. The funnel is the main thing. What you're trying to do is identify invisible prospects at the at the front end, and then over a period of time, educate and motivate and compel people to agree that you're the right person to meet the needs, meet their their requirements. So all of those steps in the middle, by reusing this thing that you've got in various different ways, is a great way and a very efficient and effective way of filling that funnel with touch points. Um, there's a book called "Wombat Selling" by an Australian university lecturer. Um, I forget his name is Gleason. I think his surname is. It went out of print for a while, so I'm not even sure if it's available now. But I'll try and find a note for the uh, a link for the show notes. But the main point of the the methodology is that salespeople or people looking to close a deal, aren't empowered to close the deal. It's the customer that's empowered to close the deal. All that the salesperson can do, or all that the marketer can do, is put opportunities in front of the customer so that a closing opportunity arises and they make the move. So it talks about check move. So in in chess, the Salesperson or the marketer can make check moves. You can put the person into check, but they can always step away from it. The sales and marketing person is never in a position to put them in checkmate and close it because the decision is always ultimately with someone else. So the book focuses on less about the kind of Glen Gary Glen Ross always be closing, but rather always be checking, always put check moves in front of people, and don't worry so much about the. The checkmate moves, the closing moves, because it's just a one's a function of the other, and you just get too stressed out if you just start thinking about check moves. Uh, So, start thinking about checkmate moves. Instead, you have got control over check moves, reusing the content in a way that gives you the most number of check moves, the most number of ways to put someone in check, the most number of ways to give someone the opportunity to make that closing decision, that buying decision with you, is much more effective than trying to write the book so you've got one move and you're trying to put all of your ammunition into creating that one checkmate move in the book itself. If you've got the opportunity to create many things from the one seed piece, from the one source piece of material, then you've got many more opportunities to touch more people in more ways. There's no way of saying that, that doesn't sound dodgy, but there's there's uh, more opportunities to to create things and put them in front of people in a way that they might resonate with. So, for example, from uh, let's take the stage presentation as, as an example. Let's assume that you've got it recorded, taking that and then making it into a number of touch points after the book. So. Step one is record something that is the lead into the subject, answering the one question as comprehensively as possible, basing that question on a real pressing need that the customer's got. And we'll touch on that again a little bit in a minute. Um, but leading from that Profit Activator number two asset of getting people to raise their hands is and identify themselves into the educate and motivate people towards making a decision there's lots of things that you can do so you could take the strip the audio out and provide the audio as a audio follow-along to the book that you've written no additional work or limited additional work changing the format Uh, package it up in a way that it, it gives it a name and there's a it's clearly a staging in process, but immediately adding value by giving someone a second thing, despite the fact that the second thing is very similar to the first thing, it just builds on it. You could take that audio and split it into, as we said before, assuming that you covered with a bike example, assuming you had four or five main topics that you covered in the session, you could split each of those out and then you've immediately got a six or seven step follow up email campaign. So someone opting for the book in the first place, you've then got six or seven touch points that talk about another related specific element in an email campaign. And in each of those emails, you've got the opportunity to present someone with the offer of taking the next step, the profit activator number four, make mafia offers, make it easy for people Mm -hmm. to get started. Every one of these touch points is the opportunity to put a profit activate number four offer in front of someone. Again, if you just go with the big bang approach of trying to put it all into the one book and trying to convince people to take an action at the end of it, you miss out on these opportunities to repeatedly be in front of the people who aren't yet ready to convert. The only people that you're targeting is the people who are ready right here, right now. So follow up on an email drip campaign you could turn it into a screen share. So if you've got the audio from a presentation, just let that audio run over a screen share, a set of slides where you either repeat the slides that you had on screen for the actual event or create a new set of slides, if that's not relevant, to walk along and give people a visual thing as well as an audio thing that they're listening to. Again, that's adding to the value because you're delivering something to someone after the after the original book, rather than just trying to recycle it in the first place. But you're then triggering people's audio and visual stimulants, so some people will resonate with that more so than than just the audio. I mean, to be honest, there's nothing stopping you doing all of these things. From that one piece, right. you could take the audio, you could strip it into a drip campaign, you could put a slide share, um a presentation over the top of it, and send the same people all of them, because the point is, you don't know who's going to resonate with which piece at what point in time. So all of these additional check moves from this one source piece of material, rather than just trying to put it all in the book, where it's not going to it's not going to be dialed in and specific to serve any particular purpose. You're now making it serve many purposes and potentially, I mean, we're talking about one funnel, but it's not too much of a step to think, okay, well that's one funnel, but I can reorder these pieces and refocus these pieces. And then I've got several funnels targeting slightly different groups. Um, The, uh, a screen share could do a screen share where you're actually doing it uh, live to camera and walking through some, Uh, some of the pieces of information you can create infographics or tutorials or images or quotes or all of these things can be created from this one piece and it's the opportunity to follow up with people over the long term so rather than just recycling the presentation and taking what appears to be the quick option and just get it into a book and get it out there think about the slightly more strategic option of how can you best use these assets in a way that engages the most possible number of people the the most the the highest number of wombat moves the the highest number of check moves in order to get the offer in front of people the most number of times so you're more likely to be front of mind for someone when they're when they're at the point in their own buying cycle that they're ready to take that next step
1: that's, that was I, I to, Sorry. no that was a long but you know what that, that was a, there's a lot of valuable information there and I have a feeling that there's going to be people who listen to this podcast and when they come to us and want to use the audio they're going to use all of the reasons why they should right there because that was all of a lot of great information that you just gave out on on what to do and how to how to use it um you know just moving forward the idea of the the drip email campaign I mean that's over and over again people you know touching getting in touch with people and i have a feeling that this is going to be um i'll be approached with these like but Stuart says and i'm sure i'll i'll hear it later on
0: so and that's exactly the case so just in case anyone's kind of uh selectively misremembering the point that i'm trying to make or (laughs) potentially i'm not making it as clear out loud as it is in my head (laughs) um but we're absolutely not talking about recycling the content we're talking about reusing it so to my mind and i know that we've worked with people who have done this and i don't want to suggest that people are doing silly things but to my mind there is absolutely no circumstance that i would ever just try and reuse something that i'd recorded in another way because right. for the overhead of spending an additional sixty minutes to re-record something or to record something rather that's absolutely a hundred percent targeted, the way I want it to be targeted, no amount of I, I just really struggle to see the logic behind it. I'm saving sixty minutes of my time recording, but the likelihood of it, the recycle piece being good enough to use with no additional work is virtually zero, and. Maybe I'm just a really slow reader, but it would take me 60 minutes to read the transcript of something to even pick out what the good bits and the bad bits are, let alone to right. uh, to then go in and fix it afterwards. So to me, the, the benefits just nowhere near outweigh the benefits of, of reuse. Reuse, I think, is a fantastically good idea. There's an example where someone had a number of pieces of content in there. Those pieces of content were initially written for more of a personal family use um it wasn't necessarily intended that there would be a big audience but over time the audience for it did grow and the intent behind it changed slightly so it was more more than sharing stories with a one family member and the audience was there so it was sharing it with a wider group now taking all of that and putting it into a book the immediate response was the the level of the writing and the way the language was wasn't quite as perhaps you'd expect in a book so the opportunity there is to set that expectation, to record something additional and set that expectation in the book. So recording something that led into the letters section, recording something that Mm -hmm. positioned it as what you're about to read is a developing story. You get to join me and you can see from my writing as I move from position A to position B, it starts off... Yeah. yeah, exactly. The narrative of the journey, the whole purpose of the book, I think, for memory, was that it was to um, share the person's journey as they moved from uh, where they were to begin with to to the position that they ended up. So setting that expectation. So if you absolutely, um, there's nothing wrong with including other content in the book. It's just trying to, because that's a reuse case. The problem mm-hmm. is trying to recycle things with, with no additional. Um, or with very limited additional oversight to it. So it's the same way. um, So people will probably know that the 90-minute book process, the signature 90-minute book process, the the fastest way to get something out in front of people is all of the books are conversation-based. It's the opportunity to have um, Susan or one of our team be the kind of advocate for a potential customer and ask the questions that the customer might ask without them actually being there in the same room as you so they're conversation based but we write it in such a way that that's obvious that that's the case that's the kind of premise of the book it is written specifically as conversational because that's engaging and it's accessible and it's it's not too standoffish it's friendly we set the expectation that the the interviewer that susan's there or Jonathan or Jeff or whoever's doing it, they're there asking the questions on behalf of the customer. And it sets that expectation so that the the way the rest of the book is structured makes sense. If you just dropped something on there that was a transcript, then that would be incongruent. People don't expect necessarily to see that in a book. But because we're positioning it as this is a conversation, you're almost addressing the the reader's potential disconnect on the very first page by saying this is what you're about to read and this is why you're reading it in this particular way the same with the reuse example it's not so much that we're saying never under any circumstance do this it's that we're saying the the quickest i'm going to say laziest but i don't necessarily mean that in a in a derogatory sense but the the shortest way of doing it of just recycling pure content that was done for another purpose is just not the most effective way because you don't get a chance to tailor the language in the book in the way that is the most beneficial. And in the worst case scenario, you don't even set the expectation that this might read slightly differently because of whatever reason, because it was recorded in a different way. So um, yeah, just in case anyone does come back and say, "Ah, but Stuart said, I'm definitely saying reuse and I'm not saying recycle. And again, even using in the book, I mean, with that letters example, I would almost be more, uh, because that did turn into a very big book and it cost a lot more than um, just a signature 90 minute book, which again, as we said, is the fastest, most effective way of getting out in front of people. It took a lot longer. There was a lot more time for everyone involved. So this certainly isn't ticking the box of here's an effective marketing tool to get out in front of people in the fastest possible way. The end product is fine, but it just isn't the the fastest or the the most cost-effective way of doing it. So a more cost-effective way of doing it may have been to re-record something for an hour that specifically introduced people to the, the general concept, the... The idea that was trying to be presented in the letter, and then deliver those letters as some of the follow-up pieces that we just talked about, add right. additional add additional value. So, let's say there were ten letters, ten blog posts that you wanted to refer to. In theory, each of those things that I listed saying create audio, create a drip campaign, do a, a screen share or a slide share, create some images and quotes and infographics—you could do those same steps for each one of those ten things, and then you'd have how many is that? five or six, so you'd have fifty or sixty pieces of follow-up content that you could send to someone over a period of time, 50 or 60 check moves that you can put in front of someone and really then amplify the profit activator number three, um, the educate and motivate people to take that next step while still leveraging what you'd originally want to leverage, but the additional cost is just 60 minutes of your time to record some additional content. And then you've got something that is absolutely dialed in. Now, again, I don't want to pick on that one particular book because I don't no, think no. That, that particular book was, um, there wasn't necessarily a marketing intent behind it. The intent was more of a a, a sharing a personal journey. So not quite relevant in, in that sense. But right. um, does that make sense? Having something that's more tailored, more dedicated, more considered, more strategic is going to be way more effective than just trying to recycle something.
1: Absolutely. I totally get it. I'm glad you went back and clarified because I think, which is selective hearing sometimes does take place, and and I, I could hear 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 being kind of, you know brought back up at some point later on. But um, so I definitely yeah, I, there's some great things to go along with with what you said. You know, the reusing versus the recycling, um, and some great ideas there. But um, I, I'm I'm glad that you you know did mention we the the best way to do it is to start with the recording and and to do it and have that that focus. You know. Um,
0: and it's the fastest. I mean, as I said, when we started, the only reason I can think that people would want to recycle is because they think it's faster. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think all that people aren't necessarily considering the effectiveness of it, perhaps. So, again, I mean, we say this to people a lot all of the time. You're in the industry. You're the expert. You've been doing this for years. You know your subject. It's very easy right. for you to undervalue your own basic knowledge because you think it's basic. Why would anyone want to know that? And again, it's difficult sometimes for you to, and for us to think of the position of the the customer and realize how much people don't know, because we're creating books all day, every day, you're doing whatever your business is all day, every day. And it's easy to forget that there's perhaps a level of, of thinking that the customer isn't necessarily thinking about. So it may be just that people aren't thinking strategically about it because they've had no um there's been no indicator, there's nothing that's suggested to them to think strategically about it. So again, I'm not suggesting that people are only doing this because they can't be bothered investing that extra time. It's maybe that um no one suggested a, a more effective way of doing it. So no, they have had a more effective way of doing it. So so stop doing it the other way. Um I've just looked at the clock. So we've uh, typically try and keep these to thirty minutes, but we've run really blasted back. Past that today, and I think because right. I get slightly animated about this approach, and uh, <laughs> and I always have quite a lot to say on the subject. The last area of the three, then, that I wanted to quickly cover before we do finish. Then is is record. So we've looked at the challenges around recycling. We've looked at the benefits of reuse. So let's quickly talk about recording and why recording has a lot more benefits to the overall funnel. And uh, just quickly close the loops on those before we wrap up. So. Well,
1: I- yeah, I think the biggest thing we've said is it's the fastest option. It, you know, all said and done, it is. Um, I, I hear a lot from people the time factor. You know, um, I don't have a lot of time, so that's one reason why they want to use it. But when it all said and done, I think um, taking that sixty minutes—that's really all you're going to have to invest in this. You know, whereas you've you've recorded something, you're trying to use it, and I think you're going to find it in the long run you're going to have to do more work to it on the end. You know, you have to edit it a little bit more. You're going to I don't think you're going to be as happy with the final product in writing as you were you know, on an audio. So um I think the idea that, that they're saving time is 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 probably not as accurate as I think it is, you know. So it is the quickest quickest way. It's it's sixty minutes of your time. That is that's it, you know, um, to get a book out. So um and, and that's you, a it's funny thing,
0: isn't it? I think it's it's always so funny that uh and again it's probably the kind of the conceit of being involved in this all the time that it's it's difficult to remember that other people don't realize it but the thought of the thought of passing something to someone else and having it transcribed and then the job done i can see why that's appealing but the reality is that this thing that you pass to someone else is going to come back to you because the other person this isn't ghostwriting. This isn't paying tens of thousands of dollars to people to take all of your words and recraft them. This is the fastest and most effective way of getting something in the in the wrap of a book that has all of the authority and credibility out in front of people. And the way to do that is to get your words, your expertise down on the page in the best possible way the first time. Because the we see it every single time. As soon as we disappear into an editing cycle where there's an amount of back and forth it's almost an exponential delay. It's almost every time you have to send an email one direction or another, that adds five hours worth of of overhead to it. So you can imagine that uh, people are thinking, well, that's fine, I'll just send this across and then it'll be done. But the reality is that it comes back and bites you a little bit later on in the process because mm-hmm. otherwise you're left with something that's less effective because there isn't a magic elf somewhere that's going to fix this for you. Or the problem comes back and lands on your plate. And if you think you haven't got a time to you haven't got an hour to record something, you really don't have ten hours to, to edit something and to clarify what you actually meant when it wasn't as clear when it was all sort of in black and white in front of you as you think it was in your head.
1: <laughs> exactly. That was exactly uh, yeah, yeah. Good.
0: I think the other point that we made then is that it's uh re-recording is 100% aimed at the job of work. So we've talked and I've talked at length in the past about creating these funnels that are clearly identifying a single target market, a group of people that the title of the book answers a specific question for. And again, sticking with the, the cycling example, there's quite possibly, uh, although the the community as a whole are all connected through bikes and 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 riding people will come to that from very different places and with very different problems or questions or challenges and being able to recall something that's absolutely targeted to that one single market as long as that one single market is big enough then it's going to be far more effective in in an overall funnel in a marketing campaign than writing something generic the Other thing to mention is that, again, it goes back to intent. So realistically, if you were writing a campaign from scratch or thinking about a campaign from scratch, it's like going on a journey. At the end of the day, you want to know, the first thing you want to know is where you want to end up. So in the book, that's the back cover copy. The back cover copy is the call to action. It's the thing that takes people, allows people to take the next step. So starting with that is... On paper the best place to start with know where you want to end up and then reverse engineer it back from there we sent out um we do on the coaching side of the business we do um uh, some flagship emails some emails that we send out every week talking about different uh different points that either come up on one of the many podcasts or in one of the other programs that we've got and reverse engineering was one of the emails that we sent out last week i'll I'll actually see if I can include it in the in the show notes for this episode but reverse engineering that outcome so that you can guide people along the journey so you can orchestrate the journey for them is far more effective so in the mm-hmm. reuse example you can then go from back of a copy to title to content. Because that's really the the logical way of thinking about it. You start with the end in mind. You then think about, okay, well, where are people starting from? What problem do they have? And then you create a journey that leads them from the beginning to the end. The problem with recycling it is that you're starting with the content. And no matter which way you look at it, that's less effective than doing it the proper way, in air quotes, of back cover, then title, then content. Going content, then title, then back cover is is the wrong way around. So effectiveness, I think, is the other key thing to to doing it this way. It's uh, it's just far too easy for, for that to be thought of as, a, as an afterthought and, and to almost think about, okay, well, I've got this subject that I want to include. I'm sure that this title will resonate with people. And then, oh, yeah, when people get to the back of the book, I should probably suggest that they do this.
1: Exactly. Wow. I think this has been very beneficial. and It's, uh, it's felt a little
0: yeah. ranty in part, so apologies <laughs> to anyone that's
1: had to put up with it.
0: So the podcast will get transcribed. So if there is anything you want to skip through to, then I encourage you to head over to the site and look at the show notes. So that's 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcasts. We'll put notes in. I've referenced a couple of things externally as well, so I'll try and get uh, links to those both in the... In the podcast recording notes if you listen to this on a podcast player hopefully there'll be some links in there either or back on the show notes page there'll be some extended notes in there. The subjects that we've touched on kind of tie in with a couple of other things so we're in the process of finishing up an author business book author scorecard which is a great way of people kind of assessing where they are in this one of the mindsets in there if anyone's seen any of the other scorecard books that we've got the Profit Activator scorecard for example you can see there the mindsets kind of allow you to benchmark yourself on a on a scale of of effectiveness across a certain set of mindsets. So the business book author scorecard allows you to look at these things and content and back cover copy and titles are all kind of mindsets that are, are thematically developed in the scorecard. So keep an eye out for that over the next couple of weeks. We'll we'll definitely be sure to to share it. So there we go. If hey. uh, If you head over to the show notes then that's 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcasts if you've got any questions for us then we always like answering questions and uh ideas for future subjects so uh, drop us an email to podcast at 90 minute books um you want to sort of cross promote one of the other podcasts that we've got that uh dean does more cheese less whiskers if uh if no one's heard that i'll put a link to that in the in the show notes as well so this week's episode is with jamie smart who was uh who's written a 90 minute book a school card book but is also a, a well-known and very successful author in his own right. So he's got uh, two or three books published. And on the More Less Whiskers show, there was an episode from late last year where Jamie was just launching his book and they were talking about uh, local strategies within a market. Now, this is a more of a traditional published book and they were looking at hitting the New York Times bestseller, which isn't necessarily the use case that we talk about. But some of those ways and then the follow-up show of engaging a local audience scaled down to the concept of a particular funnel i think there's a lot of useful information in there for people as well so i'll stick a note to that uh, stick a link to that in the show notes as well very
1: good that's awesome well always good to be with you Stuart. yeah thank
0: you for your time betsy it's been uh, it's been good and uh we'll catch up in the next show
1: great sounds good